fun. What's going on, everybody? We're back with another Coast to Coast podcast. This time we got something a little bit different for you guys. We're starting a new series, uh, you know, basically taking inspiration from uh, the pod father himself, Bill Simmons, uh, and doing a redraftable series where we're going back, you know, starting with this draft, 2011, then we'll be going going through, you know, 2012, 2013, probably all the way to, you know, Maybe like 2018 or so. so it, once you get there, it's like there's still a lot of guys that are still, you know, kind of writing their stories, whatnot. It's kind of still hard to judge. But, um, you know, we're just going to be redrafting them um, and just, you know, getting into a lot of what-if scenarios. And I think this this series is going to be super fun. So, yeah, a pretty, pretty stacked draft at the top. I mean, there's like, you know, four, like, you know, mega, you know, all-star, you know, superstar caliber players in here. And I really saw a draft overall. So, um yeah, I think let's just uh, let's just get right right into it. So, um, all right. So, who's the first pick? Is that Jose? Yeah. Okay. So Jose's got the first pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who originally took Kyrie. Um, and uh, yeah, who who would you redraft now, knowing what we know now uh, with yeah. the first pick? I mean, knowing what we know now, a big part of me definitely wanted to still take Kyrie. I think he was a great fit on their team. Obviously, hit one of the biggest shots for them in history won them that championship alongside LeBron. Um, but I think knowing what we know now, Kawhi Leonard is a better player in today's NBA. Uh, I'm not saying that Kyrie's bad or anything, but I just think Kawhi is more of like a, a player that they could have built around better than Kyrie. So, you know, I'm going Kawhi Leonard. Does LeBron return to Cleveland though? That's the thing. That changes a whole lot of things. Because LeBron, well, LeBron playing alongside a guy that same, plays the same position to him, LeBron would probably play point guard. Then they'd have Kawhi there at the three, and then they'd have Kevin Love. Would they be a better team? Would they beat the Warriors in 2016? Uh, would they win more championships against them, you know, with a guy that can guard Kevin Durant? Like, yeah. What do you guys think about that? I don't know. If, I, right. I, you go first, Jose. Yeah, I don't know if LeBron ends up coming back. And if he does, maybe they end up, you know, packaging Kyrie in a similar way. Um, that they packaged um, Wiggins, um, yeah, to kind of rebuild the team to fit around LeBron better, uh, maybe for like a shooter or a more um, a more like shot creating guard that can fit next to LeBron. So I don't know. I don't know if if Kawhi and LeBron ever end up playing together in Cleveland. I'm not okay. Well, let's say LeBron did. I think it, it probably would have been you know just as good of a team, maybe slightly worse just because, you know, Kawhi's, you know, still really good on offense, but not Kyrie-level offense. But on the contrary, you get, like, you know, you're getting defensive player of the year, Kawhi, like next to LeBron, who when LeBron is on is one of the best defenders as well. Um, and I think that just would have been scary. Like those two, you know, clamping up the two next best players on the opposite team just would have been scary. And, like, um, you know, I think Kawhi probably would have, you know, developed his offensive game a little bit faster, but I don't know, just two different teams, you know, you're, you know, you're getting, you know, slightly worse, you know, offense and, and you know, much more elite defense versus like, you know, much more elite shot creation and scoring. Um, it would just, it would have been so interesting, like, you know, Kawhi and LeBron, just like that, that would have been insane on the defensive end, like watching both of those guys, just freak athletes. Yeah. Real quick with Cleveland, it's just crazy, like the, crazy what-if scenario. I mean, they had the first pick, and then they also had the fourth pick. 
um, which, you know, they still got Kyrie. And then, you know, imagine if they would have got, like, Kyrie and Kawhi or, like, Jimmy Butler or Clay. It just would have been insane. And then the next year, they had the fourth pick, and they had Dame Lillard, like, on the board. It just could have been, like, a super team just, like, waiting to be formed. Because I feel like – I don't know. I mean, LeBron – I feel like LeBron was going to come back to Cleveland regardless. I think that was always, like, kind of the – like the narrative with him, he just wanted to come and win a championship for Cleveland. But I, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Kyrie was the you know deciding factor. But um, yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything else about this first pick? I would have picked Kawhi too. That was my pick. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty simple. I mean, it's only thing is like how it changes like the rest of the story. But like you said, you probably get you know Kawhi and LeBron, and then you wouldn't bring Kevin Love in. You'd bring in like you said another guy. Because, but then again, what I mean, probably they still wouldn't bring in. Um, like, or does Kawhi even develop? Because you know, with Popovich, Popovich probably molded this guy to what he is, and he was able to be like a fourth option on that. Actually, almost a fourth option on those championship Spurs teams until he was, you know, finally took the lead. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, Kawhi, the only guy in this draft that was like the best guy in a title team. So that's that's you know why I could, why I put him one. But uh, next pick uh, is me. I got Minnesota. Uh, they took Derek Williams here. Uh, pretty massive bust, honestly. Um, I mean, he was a freak crazy. in college. Crazy in college. Arizona. Yeah, he, God, yeah, he was yeah. a freak in college. Um, but, you know, sadly just didn't pan out. Um, so we already talked about him. I'm going to take Kyrie. Um, would have been, this would have been a, a very fun, interesting team because, you know, uh, Kyrie and K-Love would have been together. And this is like prime Kevin Love, like, like, like monster on the glass, like, you know, like 24, 25 points a game, prime Kevin Love. Yeah. They had, you know, young Rubio. Uh, Pekovic was a solid center. Um, so, yeah, I got to go Kyrie. I mean, it, it's Kyrie, you know, seven-time all-star. He's second in total points in the class and second in total assists, third in win shares, um, you know, arguably hit the, you know, greatest shot in NBA history. And, uh, yeah, it would have been, it would have been a fun Timberwolves team, uh, probably like an eighth seed at best, but, you know, still would have been fun to see him and prime K-Love as a duo, you know, early. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Kyrie with the second pick. At this point, did they still have Rubio and Flynn? Yeah. That would um, – I want to see – Flynn would have been a bust by then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Flynn got in like a freak accident. Uh, yeah, he might have Yeah, already been done. But I think Rubio and Kyrie could easily play together because Rubio is like pass first. Oh no, Flynn was on uh, the Trailblazers that next season. So, okay. nah. shout out the Blazers. Shout out the Blazers. Got hooked tonight, unfortunately, but hey, it's all good. Um, all right, so I'll move on. We got, I got pick three. Pick three. Ennis Cantor went there. Solid guy. I mean, Aussie ended up getting replaced by Rudy Gobert. But this Jazz team is stacked. Like, Aussie and, the, like, the, the potential that they got. So, uh, starting, I mean, into the offseason, they had traded Derek uh, – sorry, Darren Williams to the Nets uh, in exchange. They got um, some draft picks, and they also got uh, Devin Harris, who's a solid point guard who was an all-star at the time. But, you know, with hindsight, we know that Gordon Hayward's going to develop into a 20-point-per-game score. Um, I think – they should have done more to keep Al Jefferson around. And I think, you know, if they knew what was going on, uh, we'll just, you know, you got Andre Karolenko, you got Derek Favors, Paul Millsap, Al Jefferson, such a stacked team. I think you got to go with Jimmy Butler only before the reason I love Clay Thompson. 
of course. I mean, who says the injuries happen if he's on a new team? But Jimmy Butler has shown us he's a, the best player on a team that almost won a championship. And to go against the greatest player of our generation, LeBron James, and lose in six games, you know, willing the team to victory, which this team just fell short recently in the playoffs, losing in six, four games to the Bucks. I think you got to go with Butler. I think his defense alongside Gordon Hayward, you know, his ability to create his own shot, something that I think Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson really benefits from a guy like Curry. And I feel like it would be harder for him to work in Utah than it would for him, uh, than it would for uh, Jimmy Butler. I think yeah, Jimmy Butler just got that dog mentality. I think they need someone like that, you know, reminds me, you know, kind of like that Donovan, what Donovan Mitchell is for them, just a dog out there in the court. So I'm taking Butler. I think it's a really close pick, but uh, now, you know, the Cavs more likely going to end up with Clay and Kawhi in this stacked draft class. Yeah, I like, um, I think Jimmy, like, like you said, he's got like a higher ceiling because he's like the best team on a, you know, um, you know, almost championship team. But I think Clay is like fits in in a lot of, lot more places. I think Jimmy, it's like, it's really tough. Like he really has to like, be in that right fit because, you know, you know, Minnesota obviously didn't work. Uh, Bulls, you know, didn't work near the tail end. But, you know, more more, uh, more leeway with Clay, but a higher ceiling for sure uh, with Jimmy. Um, so, yeah, Jimmy going to Utah. And then uh, next pick, Jose, you got uh, Cleveland's next pick, right? Yep. Uh, All right, who are you taking? Yeah, Cleveland again. At this point, they still don't have a starting point guard, so – they would because they obviously didn't draft Kyrie Irving. So for the best point guard available, I'm going for a guy who was had a crazy tournament out of UConn, Kemba Walker. It's got to be done. I mean, how much better does Kemba fit in Cleveland than Kyrie? And, and imagine Kemba next to Kawhi if they do go these two picks. I, I understand. I mean, I can't judge you. I mean, honestly – in the, in the draft, it would make sense that someone like Kemba went there to begin with because he was just disgusting. I mean, honestly, they ended up with Kyrie, but Kyrie did well there. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I don't think Clay Thompson, they need a guy that can handle the ball. And I think Kemba Walker gets a little overhated. But for him to not, you know, have to be that number one option, I think he could do just fine. I think Kawhi and Kemba would be better than Kevin Love and Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, Kemba was like a multi-time All-Star on the on the Hornets, getting like the 12th seed every season, for just putting up empty stats. So I mean, I think on a Cleveland team that at this point had no prospect of really competing, I think he would have shined. Again, he would have just got so many touches. Kemba, Kawhi, and LeBron. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, I will gladly, I will gladly take Clay Thompson with the fifth pick. I mean, yeah. Go. Okay. So we got Toronto. Uh, with the fifth pick, they took uh, Jonas Valanciunas, which he'll be coming up, uh, and you know probably a few picks. Um, but yeah, I mean I'll take Clay. I mean you know resume speaks for itself. Um, you know him and DeRozan, you you know, probably slide DeRozan over to the three. Uh, they'll you know end up trading for Kyle Lowry later um, next season. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean you got Kyle Lowry, Clay, DeRozan. Um, you know end up finding a center like Valanciunas. And, uh, you know, who, you know, who knows, maybe LeBronto doesn't happen this season or something with, with Clay, but yeah, I, I got to take Clay here. If he's still on the board. Um, I get the Kemba fit with Cleveland, you know, kind of like taking over that Kyrie role. Um, but you know, I, I got to take Clay as the, the next best player on the board. So, yeah. yeah. But does Clay develop as well? 
not next to Curry. If he's not getting those open looks. No, probably not. He he doesn't hit like what he hit. I mean, he's still gonna be like a really good player. You can't like you know that shooting translates everywhere. Uh, but you know you're right. I, I don't think he turns into like the you know like crazy amount of all stars. Maybe you know he's so probably you know like 85 percent of you know what he was in Golden State because that's like you talk about like best case scenario, worst case scenario, like that was hundred percent the best case scenario for Clay landing with Golden State. Yeah. Could happen. His career couldn't happen like gone any better. But he still he still would have been like fantastic. Damar is still a Raptor though. You gotta remember that. Yeah. Oh, I don't care. I'll move Damar to three. Okay. So you have can that Kyle Lowry, Clay Thompson, DeMar DeRozan team without a Jonas Valanciunas now they get a different center. Do they have a better shot at going against a team like Cleveland in the playoff that just ruined them for years? Do they even have a chance? Well, I mean, they'll get closer. They'll maybe snag a game or two against LeBron instead of getting swept. Let's let's see it this way because obviously we're doing the redraft here. So it would be Kawhi and LeBron versus Clay, uh, DeRozan, and Lowry. No, nah, no, nah, no chance. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, no. Yeah. And no, wait, who's the other guy you just picked too? Uh, oh, Kemba. Yeah. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, it would have gone the same. But if we're taking them against, like, the actual Cavs team, I'll give them an extra game or two. They'll make it a little bit spicier. This is why this is the NBA redraft world of what if. Yeah, this is all – yeah, this is like Marvel's, like, what if – what if show, but like NBA version. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we got Clay going fifth to the Toronto. Um, next, we got Washington picking six. They took uh, John Vesley, which th- this is an interesting pick too, because I mean they got John Wall the year before, they got Beal the year after, and I mean you know there's a, still a lot of quality players that could that, you know that they could have gotten here at six and you know formed a nice, nice, nice trio. Um, in Washington, you know, instead of just having those two guys and a bunch, you know, a bunch of solid role guys, they really could have picked up uh, a re- you know, really solid, you know, third option here for those two guys. Um, so, yeah, who's the pick going to be? Yeah, so I think what they need here is a guy who's one of the more underrated players in the league. He just got himself traded to the Bulls in real life. I think Nikola Vucevic fits perfectly for this team to give a role guy for John Wall. Uh, looking at the state of the roster at this point uh, in 2011 at the draft, uh, Gilbert Arenas had just been traded uh, during the season to the Orlando Magic, ending the Gilbert Arenas era in Washington. Um, Nick Young was their leading scorer this season, um, a guy who had a lot of promise at the time. Uh, honestly, there's, I don't think there's a guard worthy of picking at the board right now. Um, otherwise, for centers, we got JaVale McGee, a young guy, uh, Andre Blosh, who's still pretty decent, but – I think with what we know, the knowledge, you know, a guy like Vucevic who can average, you know, 20, 12, and four, I think you got to take him here. I think, you know, hopefully it still allows you to get a guy like Bradley Beal later in the draft. I think Nikola Vucevic out of USC has to be the pick here. Yeah, consistent for super long. He's had his best season this season. Uh, so, you know, you're getting that longevity with Vucevic. Yeah, it's been like one of the most underrated players of the last like you know ten years. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like the pick. Um, next up, your team, Jose, the Sacramento Kings, who seem to mess up basically almost 
every draft pick this whole decade. Yeah. I mean, uh, originally we took – well, we traded the pick to Charlotte, but we drafted Bismack and then eventually got Jimmer. But I think at this point, obviously, we still have Tyreek Evans, who's like our star point guard still. Um, and we still have DeMar. So we just need another, you know, scorer, defender type guy that can, you know, play off ball. So I'm going with a pretty complete score, a guy that was, you know, mediocre early on in his career, but developed kind of a late bloomer. That is Mr. Tobias Harris, a.k.a. J. Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, he's developed into a really well-rounded scorer, a guy that would definitely be the best player on our team even today. Um, and I think would have fit pretty nicely in our scheme at the time with Tyreek, him, and Boogie, uh, and whoever else we had, Rudy Gay or something. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think you guys got Rudy Gay like a couple seasons later. Like, From Toronto. Like, yeah, like 2014 or so. Okay, nice. So, don't want to tell bias. Really solid pick. I mean, like, took him a while, but, I mean, that's someone he can fit in anywhere. I mean, he literally did. I mean, he's been on, like, five everywhere. teams now. <laughs> yeah, he's been on a, a low-key a lot of teams. From, like, the Magic to the Pistons to the Clippers to the – uh, where he at now? Billy? Uh, yeah, Billy. Yeah. He, he yeah. played super well this last playoff series. And he got paid, paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. We paid. Playoffs with that team? Nah. Nah. That's just too stacked. True. True. Um, okay, so I got the eighth pick t- uh, with Detroit. They took Brandon Knight. Uh, the fail got himself. I mean, his like fail compilation is like legendary, like getting dunked on cross. It's insane. But actually, like had some decent moments in the pros. Um, so Detroit, I mean, lackluster. They've been a poverty franchise for like, you know, a while now. So I'm just gonna take the best available. And I mean, uh, you know, Bojan is very tempting because you know he's getting buckets on the Jazz now. Valanciunas, you know, is playing his best basketball. But, you know, I want to get someone that had the highest peak out of any of these guys. So I'm going to go with IT. I mean, this guy, kind of like Gilbert Arenas 2.0, where, you know, you know, didn't play as much, showed flashes, you know, his first few seasons. And then, you know, had really, you know, a two to three – or really, let's see, two years. A two-year stretch of, like, you know, all-star just getting buckets. I mean, this guy almost, you know, practically averaged 30 points a game on you know, number one seed. I mean – one of, like, the weaker number one seeds, like, ever. But, I mean, you know, let alone, I mean, made it to the conference finals. Um, and this guy was just getting buckets, man. I mean, he took the league by storm uh, for two seasons. So, I think I'd rather have that peak version uh, of IT. Um, and with, you know, a few really solid seasons before that, I mean, you know, he was 20 points in 2013, 16, 15, and then 19 in 2014 before he blew up to hit 22 points. And then his 2016-17 season was crazy you know, 28.9 points. Um, so I'd rather have that peak and, you know, just, you know, get some excitement going into Troy. I feel like they've really been missing out on that for a while now. Um, and, you know, out of all the guys left, I mean, maybe, maybe not the most longevity, um, but definitely the highest peak by far. Um, so I'm going to go with IT. And I think just to add on to it, like you're saying from 20, uh, you know, his 2013-14 season, the 2016-17, where he had that crazy MVP season, he was averaging 22 a game, six assists, uh, 36 from three. Um, yeah, solid guy. Like you said, like absolute fourth quarter legend. 
for the Boston Celtics. I mean, yeah. a super fan favorite. And, like, yeah, they haven't had anything flashy. Like, we thought Blake Griffin was going to be that for the uh, Pistons, but he wasn't. I mean, yeah, Tobias Harris ended up being yeah. the better player in the long run. But um, I don't think you can argue with this pick. I think Valanchunas makes more sense long term, but Valanchunas is just going to be a better version of Andre Drummond. And Andre Drummond just got rebounds. That's really all he did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, you just got to go with IT's peak and much more, you know, more box office than, than Valanciunas. But I do love Valanciunas's long, longevity, though. Um, so that was kind of close. But yeah, I, I got to go with IT. So yeah, okay. So we got the ninth pick with Charlotte. This is where Kemba actually went, um, you know, the ninth pick. Uh, so this is you, Liam. Who are you taking? Uh, in the, you're in the MJ role. You're in the MJ seat right now. Exactly. So, uh, like I, I have in my notes, Kemba's going to be off the board, and he is. So uh, I think you got to look for the best available big man or wing. So just, I mean, I think Valanciunas has fallen into my lap here. Al Jefferson is not on the team yet, and he was going to be. But, I mean, you're really not going to get a guy that is going to – I think Brandon Knight is the closest player you could get to Kemba Walker at this point. Uh, I think Kemba – I mean, uh, Brandon Knight's very underrated for his, like, play. Like, let's look – at its stats when he was like with the Suns, uh, averaging 17 uh, points per game uh, in Milwaukee, and then 19.6 with the Suns in 2015-16. Unfortunately, though, I just got to go with the pick here. I'm taking Jonas Valanciunas, uh, a guy who I wrote down as one of the more underrated NBA players in the league. Uh, averaging about 17-11 and is crucial. Who's getting better. Like, this is one of his best seasons, like arguably his best season this year. Definitely his best season, 100%. But, um, you know, just absolute awesome play from him. Uh, super crucial with Memphis team. So I'm taking Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, where was he out of – international at the time? Uh, Lithuania. Yeah. yeah, international. So, yeah, Jonas Valanciunas. Pick. Nice. Solid. Okay, so Valanciunas off the board. Okay, next pick, we got the 10th pick uh, with Milwaukee, uh, who ended up choosing Jimmer. Uh, how did that work? So did Okay, so you said uh, Sack traded the pick to uh, the Hornets, or I guess the Bobcats at the time, and Milwaukee was in there too? Uh, wait, hold on. Yeah, okay, it might have been a three-way deal. So – Sacramento swapped with Charlotte, and then Milwaukee traded the 10th pick to Sacramento. Ah, got you. Got you. Okay, so, yeah, Jimmer goes 10 uh, to Milwaukee. Um, So this is your pick. We're two years away from Giannis, um, you know, with with the Bucs, who, uh, you know, I think they're they're still rolling with Bogut and and Jennings, who they think is going to be, you know, their franchise duo. so, yeah, who are you picking, Jose? Yeah, at this point, my of star players is pretty limited. I think all the superstars are pretty much gone. Um, there's a couple interesting names, a guy no longer in the league, but I think could still produce that did end up playing for the Bucs, Nico Miritich, but I don't really take him. Um, there is Reggie Jackson, who's kind of kind of garbo now, but at a, at a certain point was – was a decent NBA player. Hey, he had a nice game five, though. He he was getting buckets. Yeah, 20 points, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but for the yeah for the most part, he's been, like, kind of guard. Um, Tristan would not – I don't think would be a good fit next to next to 
Giannis, but a guy who I do think would be a good fit next to Giannis, um, who's been a pretty really good role player, like had an underrated career his whole career, um, was drafted after his twin brother, and that is Mr. Marcus Morris. I hate him. I love him. I love the pick, but I hate him. Yeah, solid. He's annoying. He's annoying to play against because he's just annoyingly good. You can't get enough 3 and D guys. That's for sure. Golden State. So Marcus Morris is off the board. Okay, I got the next pick, Golden State. They obviously took, you know, Clay Thompson here at 11. Let's see. Okay, so Morris is off the board. Okay, Bojan is interesting because Bojan is really, really good right now. But he didn't play. He, like, missed his first three seasons. He was overplaying in Turkey. So, I kind of take that into consideration. I mean, hmm. Because, I mean, he would be coming into the Warriors, like, you know, 2013, 2014, you know, right before we're, we're about to get into our championship form. So that's that's pretty tempting. You know, we would end up – I mean – You can use him now. Like, you guys can definitely use him today. <laughs> oh, oh, I would love – oh, for sure. But we wouldn't um, start him over Draymond, though. Uh, he'd play the three. I think he'd like – him and, like, Barnes would, like, split time. Yeah. At least when, like, they're both, like, coming up. Because Bojan, like, he didn't – like, it took him a couple years even, like, after Turkey. Yeah. Um, I'm debating Tristan Thompson because he's, like, a big that, you know, like, fits pretty well, you know, just gets rebounds, rim runs. Um, but, you know, we're going to make that trade. You know, we're going to make that Monte for Bogut trade. So, considering we still make that, we get Bogut. Um, I think I am going to go ahead and say Bojan. I mean, you know – Takes three years, but you know we get to 2013, 2014. We got Curry, we got Bogut, no Clay, sadly, but we got HB, Draymond, you know uh, David Lee, uh, who was still really solid back then, um, and you know pair that with Bojan, you know a sniper. Um, I think still, you know, obviously probably not getting the championship, but I think still because we're missing Clay, but still really really solid squad. You know probably going deep in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Bullion here. And especially because, yeah, I mean, he's only going to get better with, you know, with age, uh, you know, growing with, with the Warriors. Um, so, and then, yeah, and KD come. I mean, who knows if Clay, he'd come without uh, Clay. But still, I, I think I got to go with Bullion. He fits right in with the Warriors. So, yeah. It's a solid pick. It's just tough. You missed those first three years, man. Yeah. Oh. But I think the Warriors can afford to wait because we were we were taking our lumps. I think he would have developed just fine without him, and then he can just come in and kind of find his role, uh, which exactly, believe. exactly, yeah. So I think you got to take Bojan because he has a much higher, higher peak than a, yeah, any of the guys left. Tristan Thompson was a starting center on a championship team that like really entices me. So I was tempted, but if Bojan's still on, then I got to go. With, Never with I think about. Since career, like the peak of his career was being on that NBA Finals poster. It's like KD Curry clip, and then him, LeBron. him LeBron, and like Deladova. Deladova. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Bojan's off the board. Next pick, uh, Utah again. Uh, you know, getting their second lottery pick. Yeah, really interesting with Utah too. I mean, they got two lottery picks. Uh, you know, they already had Gordon, uh, Rudy Gobert is coming in a couple seasons. Um, and then, you know, we, they already got Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, you know, you're looking at their team in like 20, like 15, 16. I mean, you got 
still all-star Hayward, Jimmy Butler, Gobert, um, you know, and then, you know, whoever you're about to take right now, Liam, uh, like really solid squad, really yeah, solid yeah. squad. So I think if Jose is looking at the document right now, he sees who I already picked. But uh, I really had faith in this guy. I, I literally just talked about him a second ago. I think they take Brandon Knight. I think they need a point guard on this team. Devin Harris, you know, was on the team. But by 2013, their starting point guard was Mo Williams. So I think, like, like they didn't really have a solidified point guard, you know, during the Gordon Hayward, like, peak. Um, didn't really have, a, like, a solidified dude out there. Like, Raul Neto was playing for them sometimes until they got Mike Conley. But I think the fill-in for the time being, because during the stretch where they would need him, Brandon Knight was a super good score. And I think if he could develop to play in that third role – and, you know, really injuries is really what derailed his career. I think he still would have been like a 12-point-per-game bench player, like doing really solid in the NBA today. So I'm picking Brandon Knight out of Kentucky. Uh, like I said, had a 20-point-per-game season uh, nearly with the Suns uh, back in the day. So I'll take Brandon Knight. So this is a solid pick. They, by the way, they took Alec Burks with the actual pick. Knicks legend. Um Playoff yeah, playoff. Knight, that's solid. Yeah, Knight, like, besides all, like, the posters and stuff, like, like Knight was, like, a really solid score. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. so Knight's off the board going to Utah. I'm just going to run through all the picks real quick. We have two more picks. So we got uh, Kawhi going number one, and then Kyrie two, Jimmy Butler three, Kemba four, Clay five, Vucevic six, Tobias Harris seven, uh, Isaiah Thomas eight, uh, Valanciunas 9, Marcus Morris 10, Bojan Bogdanovic 11, and then Brandon Knight 12 uh, going to Utah. So, Jose, you got the next pick. You got the Suns. Another team that, you know, basically besides Booker and Aiton uh, seemed to mess up every lottery pick they had this decade, uh, which is really tragic because they really could have had something special too. Um, so I guess they have something special now, but something special much earlier. Uh, so, yeah, Jose, the Suns at 13, who are you going to take? They took Markeith Morris with this pick, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, part of me, Loki, wants to take Markeith Morris again. Yeah. Just because I think it's actually a pretty solid fit. I mean, this is like tail end of Steve Nash's prime um, Suns team. Jared Dudley on here. Vince Carter's on here. Um, yeah, but they, they don't really have a center. And I think a guy that's – been a pretty good, you know, scorer and rebounder, even though he's a liability on defense. Uh, I think he's a solid player, and he provides a lot of, you know, character for the locker room, a guy that would have probably boosted this team, at least in some ways. Um, I'm sorry, Tristan Thompson, but I'm taking Ennis Cantor. Yeah, pick 13 for the Suns. They didn't really have a good starting center. I mean, their starting center was Robin Lopez at this point, um, who's kind of similar to – to Ennis Cantor in a way, but I think Ennis Cantor is just a better version. Hey, I mean, when he got traded from Utah to OKC uh, back in 2014-15, he averages 19 and yeah. 11 in 26 yeah. games. I think he's one of the best post scorers we have in the NBA, just his defensive liabilities so much. But who knows what happens there? I think he'd still be a great post scorer, but if there's a coach underneath him that could just, you know, make his defense more viable, who knows? Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of I, I like this pick on the board. Yeah, Canner's a bucket down low, man. Yeah, it just sucks that he's so terrible defensively. But yeah, I liked him on that Thunder team. I liked him even when he was on the Knicks too. Like uh, and then the the Blazers stint too, like the first one with Lillard with the game winner. Yeah. Um yeah, Cantor's solid. 
Um, okay, I have the last pick. Um, let's see. So I have Houston, who took Marcus Morris here at the 14th pick. Houston's in a, a weird spot. Um, you know, uh, they're getting Harden. Uh, wait, they're getting Harden two seasons from now, 2013, 2012-2013. Uh, uh, just, just a random roster. Luis Scola, um, he, you know, on the team, he's their second leading scorer. Kevin Martin. Kyle Lowry's on this team, Drogic, Courtney Lee, Budinger, and Parsons, you know, two, you know, relevant white guys of the first, you know, first half of the 2010s. Um, just a weird squad. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm just going to kind of go for, like, best available. I mean. Um, There's one guy I hope – I'm not going to say it, but I hope you take this one guy. Okay, Marcus, honestly – Okay, well, there's a few guys I'm looking at. There's there's Miritich, Reggie Jackson, Tristan Thompson, and then Markeith Morris. I'm probably I'm probably gonna. It's not none of those guys are your guy. No, no, <laughs> oh, really, no. no. I'll get to it at the end, so it's fine. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with Markeith Morris. It's like a solid pick. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just gonna expose it now. I'm not taking Chandler Parsons. That's what I wanted. That's exactly I'm what I wanted. Not, I'm not taking Chandler Parsons. He was okay. good. He was a, no, he was, but it's like like Markeith has like been solid for a much longer time. And like Ch- Chandler was probably like better like than him at his peak, but he didn't last that much longer. Nah, that's fair. He, Parsons was solid. He just but got I'm gonna go Marky Morris. More longevity. More longevity. And they took his but I mean they took Marcus Morris, so they basically, you know, same pick. Yeah. They're the same person anyway. Swapping yeah. at halftime anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, who who got left off the board? Okay, so uh, Reggie Marcus Jackson. Got, Reggie Jackson got left off the board. Tristan Thompson got left off the board. There's Hennepin. a lot of like yeah, Kenneth three. There's a lot of like, oh, like Gavin guys. Like Burks. Corey Joe. Corey uh, Joseph. North um, Cole, great backup point guard. Aussie wouldn't go. Uh Mon Shumpert, super athletic. Uh yep. he was a six man candidate at one point, wasn't he? Or did we say never mind? Dude, he Shumpert, was, yeah, Shumpert was like a solid part of those like that Cavs team. Love Shumpert. Um yeah, Mirchich didn't go. Uh Burks. Monte Yunus. Um a lot of decent guys. I mean, Bismack Biombo's solid. I mean, he'd probably yeah, go later in the first. But. Yeah, he's still in the league. Um, so yeah, uh, that's our last. We're only going to fourteen, but this is a really, this is a really, really solid draft. Like, this is like one of the best drafts of like the twenty tens for show. Um, you know, the t- the top is like really incredible. I mean, like you know, Kawhi, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kemba, and Clay, like all like. You know, multi-time all-stars, all-NBA championship winners, really solid top five. Um, and then you go down, and it's, like, really solid, like, borderline kind of all-star guy. You know, that next group of, like, Vucevic, Harris, IT, you know, Valanciunas. And then the next tier is, like, you know, really, really solid role guys that are, like, you know, still doing their thing today. So, yeah, this was a really good draft. Um going to be scrapping for players. I tell you that. Yeah, next draft – very top heavy, small, a little smaller at the top than this draft, and then it, yeah, it falls off pretty heavy. And then, oh god, I'm not looking forward to 2013. That's gonna suck. 
But, uh, yeah, that concludes it for our 2011 NBA redraft. We hope you guys like this one. We're going to, you know, we're just going to go through the decade. Uh, real quick, the Lakers is 94-80 Suns. Uh, Booker has 43 points on 14 of 20 shooting and 8 of 9 from 3. Um, completely backpacking. Their next highest score is Crowder with 12. Um Dude, just a, he wants it so bad, bro. It's it's like dope to see. This will come out after the games already happened, but like LeBron losing in the first round, it's gonna be so many storylines for next season. That's all I gotta say. Hey man, the, hey, they only they only down 12, eight minutes left. Who's my got a solid two points? <laughs> I hate that man of my entire life. Dude. I would be pretty shocked. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it because it's, you know, it's LeBron. But also, I mean, the Suns have been kicking their ass all game. It'd be like oh. – It's overs. It's overs. There's no way. Not without AD. Oh. All right. We yeah, AD only played five minutes. It's sad. But, yeah, that's it for the episode. We'll see you guys on Sunday with another Sunday talk. And who knows? We might, might give you another redraft. We might not. You just got to stay tuned. So – all right, All right. Peace, you guys.